real real set. Today, I had to tape Pikachu to my navel to go on a jog because that thing jingles all around when I move and that is frustrating. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian called me today and he said, you think anything's going to happen with your wife when you got that thing in for the next two weeks? And I said, no. She already told me such. She said, as long as Pikachu's there, we ain't playing peekaboo with you-know-what. Flurry's back in town. Did you hear about that? This guy doesn't cure cancer. This guy did not send the first rocket ship to space. But he's a good human being, and I think that the fact that he's being accepted with such open arms shows you how much of D-bags are in professional sports. Marc-Andre Fleury is a nice guy. Marc-Andre Fleury has money. Marc-Andre Fleury has used that money to do nice guy things, like making a playground here in Pittsburgh. There aren't enough nice guys in sports. That's what this tells me. Should Marc-Andre Fleury be canonized? Probably not. But the fact remains that he stands out because everyone else sucks. 412-922-2874. The Marc-Andre Fleury saga was up and down. It was like a relationship. I remember when Marc-Andre Fleury was drafted, how excited I was. As a young kid who would play hockey from time to time, I loved the goaltender position. Johan Hedberg was my favorite penguin. He had my favorite penguin playoff run, which is why Marc-Andre Fleury was so important to me. Marc-Andre Fleury was a better goaltender, of course, than Johan Hedberg. And if Johan Hedberg's best series were my favorite moments before Marc-Andre Fleury got here, that tells you just how sad my Penguin's childhood was, and everyone's Penguin's childhood was. Marc-Andre Fleury was a great person. Marc-Andre Fleury was somebody who played well in big moments, but at times let you down in big moments. Marc-Andre Fleury was mentally tough at times, and Marc-Andre Fleury was mentally soft at times. Marc-Andre Fleury was everything that's good about hockey, but also, at times, he could be everything that's bad. And that's why his return is so special to me. Marc-Andre Fleury gave us all the emotions. Marc-Andre Fleury was like a girlfriend. You start things off, and, man, you're loving each other. Your eyes are big, and you're infatuated, and he was rolling around in those yellow pads. I love that Marc-Andre Fleury. And he grew, and we grew as fans watching him, and he won the Stanley Cup in 2009. But then there were some lean times after that. Of course, we'll all remember what happened in that Philadelphia series, the series which we should not name when Marc-Andre Fleury gave up more goals than the Penguins gave up in the cup run in 2009. Now, not all of that was Marc-Andre Fleury's fault, but that was the beginning of some of the failures for Marc-Andre Fleury in the playoffs. He was benched in series against the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Islanders. He didn't play against the Boston Bruins 
in the Eastern Conference Final because he hadn't cut the mustard before that. But after that, Marc-Andre Fleury pulled himself together, and he helped the Penguins win the last two Stanley Cups. Think about two years ago when Mike Sullivan was not the coach and Mike Johnston was, how bad the Penguins were, how offensively inept that squad was. Well, Marc-Andre Fleury kept them afloat. Marc-Andre Fleury is a big reason the team made the playoffs two years ago, and because they made the playoffs, they had an opportunity to compete for the Stanley Cup. Last year, Columbus outplayed Pittsburgh at times in that series. Maybe more than Pittsburgh outplayed Columbus. But Marc-Andre Fleury stood on his head, kept the Penguins around in the first couple of games when Columbus was clearly the better team right out of the chute. Marc-Andre Fleury was the reason that they beat the Washington Capitals in round two. And game seven against Washington was one of the best games Marc-Andre Fleury's ever played. So the reason that people are so enamored with Marc-Andre Fleury, the reason that people love the fact that Marc-Andre Fleury's coming back is because he's human. He's gone through things that you've gone through. The beginning was great. The middle, not so great. The end was great. He persevered. It looked like there was another franchise goaltender. And there was. We all know how it wound up. But he allowed himself to become a role model for that younger goaltender. The end was there, and Marc-Andre Fleury told the Penguins, don't trade me, I'll allow myself to waive my trade clause and get picked in the expansion draft. Marc-Andre Fleury made mistakes. Marc-Andre Fleury had great triumphs. Marc-Andre Fleury was human, and that's why he loved the guy. 412-922-2874. Although, I will say... During Marc-Andre Fleury's playing career, he was pretty polarizing. A lot of people did not trust Marc-Andre Fleury. A lot of people did not like Marc-Andre Fleury. Afterwards, everyone loves him because of all the things that I've just alluded to. But at the time when Marc-Andre Fleury wasn't playing great, people really crushed him. And it's almost like they forgot what he had done early in his career. In 2007 and 2008, Marc-Andre Fleury was the best Penguin in that playoff run. I mean, there were a number of guys to pick from. They didn't win the Stanley Cup, but he was the only reason that they won a couple of games in the final against the Detroit Red Wings. That team was far better than Pittsburgh. They did not know what they were getting into, and that Detroit team was, well, they were seasoned. Marc-Andre Fleury stood on his head and kept the Penguins in that series and forced it to go six games. In 2009, Marc-Andre Fleury had one of his best moments against Washington. There were 17 minutes to go in the first period. Alexander Ovechkin barreling in on him. And Ovi had a chance to turn the tide on the two franchises in that series. He had a chance to change everything between Washington and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh had dominated Washington forever. And Marc-Andre Fleury kept it that way, flashing his glove and wooing in the face of Alexander Ovechkin. In 2009, Game 7 against Detroit, Marc-Andre Fleury was outstanding, but everyone remembers the final save with Nicholas Lidstrom throwing the puck at the net with no time remaining, and Marc-Andre Fleury lurching to his right to keep the puck out. Everyone remembers Marc-Andre Fleury's aw shucks moment afterwards where he said a bad word on national Canadian television. In 2017... Marc-Andre Fleury made, I think, the best save of his career with three minutes left in the second period. 
The Penguins were up one nothing. Pittsburgh had been dominated for large stretches in the series, and Mark Andre Fleury robbed Alexander Ovechkin with the butt of his stick, and then did something inappropriate with the butt of his stick. That was Marc-Andre Fleury in a nutshell. Marc-Andre Fleury made the play. Marc-Andre Fleury smiled from ear to ear, and then Marc-Andre Fleury did something inappropriate. But it's all those times in between 2007 and 2016 where people would say Marc-Andre Fleury didn't do enough to help the Penguins win. And I think those people who say that are wrong. In 2014 and 2015, when the Penguins bowed out to the New York Rangers, Marc-Andre Fleury was the best player for the Penguins in those series. In that series against New York in 2015, Marc-Andre Fleury allowed the Penguins to stay in every game that they played. And New York was the President's Trophy winning team. Pittsburgh barely qualified to make the playoffs on the last day of the regular season against Buffalo. Marc-Andre Fleury allowed each of the final scores to be 2-1, to one, despite New York having a hell of a lot more firepower, as weird as that is to say, than the Pittsburgh Penguins did at that time. Uh, the year prior to that, yes, the Penguins were up three games to one in that series, but Marc-Andre Fleury had a couple of shutouts. He was not the problem there. He became the scapegoat, but didn't always have to be the scapegoat. That's why it's such an interesting phenomenon to me that Marc-Andre Fleury is being brought back tonight, and welcomed in with such open arms. Has there ever been a more polarizing player that becomes beloved after the fact than Marc-Andre Fleury? 412-922-2874 is the number. That's 412-922-2874. Let's go to Paul in San Antonio next up on the Crowley Show. What's up, Paul? Hey, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. I'm a Penn fan by marriage. I'll admit to that. My wife's from uh, Cranberry. But the deal is, is that I guess I'm going to give out the ultimate compliment. Uh, the man is human, like you said. Uh, he was uh, something for the community. I would hope that any of my children would grow up to be as successful and as a caring person overall. Um, maybe I'm Maybe I'm a little chatty because I played a little bit of hockey, but I think there's more role models in hockey than any other sport. Oh, I think there's no question about that. And there are role models in every sport, but you walk into a hockey locker room, and they're very gracious with you. They're very nice people. I don't know what that is. I don't know why it is, but that is the case as far as my professional career has told me. I do think that that is one of the reasons why he is so beloved is because he's decent in really – a circumstance where not a lot of other people would be. Uh, in yeah. the National Football League, we see Antonio Brown, who shows up late for interviews with the radio partner. Not that I am upset about that or anything. We see him <laughs> park in handicap spaces. It's all about him, all about him, all about him. And Marc-Andre Fleury, it's all about the team, man. He always smiled, and he donated his time and his money to people less fortunate than him. Uh Everyone should be like Mark Andre Fleury. The fact they're not, though, that makes Mark Andre stand out. Yeah, it, funny thing. I grew up in Phoenix, and I can remember watching in those days the Western Hockey League when it was professional. And I was a little kid, and my dad took me down to the locker room of the then the Phoenix Roadrunners. And this man came out, and and he asked me if I played hockey, and I said yes, sir. And and uh, we talked for a while, and he complimented my dad on my manners. And little did I know at the time, and I didn't care at the time. But I was talking to Willie O'Ree, <laughs> and it was such a, 
uh, inspiration to me. This guy took time out, and he was playing for the San Diego Gulls. He was at the end of his career, but he took time just to talk to his little 10-year-old. That's and awesome, and that's what Mark andre Fleury did. And thanks for the call, Paul. Uh, appreciate it. 412-922-2874. Mark andre Fleury is polarizing during his career because he had great moments in the playoffs and other moments where maybe he didn't play so hot in the playoffs. But he was a great person throughout, and he was able to persevere and have more success at the end of his Penguins career than he did at other portions of his career in the playoffs. What I'm interested in now hearing from you is, what are you rooting for tonight? Uh, I think it's weird if Penguins fans root for Marc-Andre Fleury to win the game. Uh, That is bizarre to me. The Penguins need points. They're in a spot right now where they need to continue to rack up points because they're very much in danger of not making the playoffs if they fall into a little skid. So you got to root for the Penguins. If you don't, that's weird. But I want the Penguins to get two points, but not at Flurry's expense, which is tough because he's the goalie, and, well, everything the Penguins do well is going to wind up behind him. But a one nothing, 2-1 to Pens win, that's what I'd most like to see. Flurry getting pulled? My God, that would suck for him. But is anybody really rooting for Mark Andre Fleury over the Penguins? 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I didn't think that was the case. I did not think that people were going to say, I'll root for Fleury. Penguins will win another day. But my Twitter mentions say otherwise. I've got a couple of people who have responded saying that Mark Andre Fleury is the one that they're rooting for in this game. I guess it's because they like the guy. In fact, that would have to be the reason. But the Penguins need points. Marc-Andre Fleury has already led or been a part of leading this Las Vegas Golden Knights team to become the best expansion franchise of all time. So why you would root for him over the Penguins is bizarre to me. Tell me why if you are. I'd be interested to know. 412 412- Nine two 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 eight seven four. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Got this one from Brittany. Do I count? I'm a Vegas fan, and before then I rooted for the Rangers for 20 years. No way I'd be rooting for the Penguins in this scenario. No, Brittany, you don't count. Because if you're a Vegas fan, you should be rooting for Marc-Andre Fleury. Why would you think you count? the hell out of here with that nonsense. Neil Armadillo tweets, totally rooting for Fleury to shut out the Pens tomorrow. I-D-J-A-F. Jeez, that guy really didn't give a bleep. Penguins need points. Vegas does not. Marc-Andre will get his standing ovation. In fact, here's the best-case scenario. Marc-Andre Fleury gets an empty net goal. And then the Penguins come back and win anyhow. How about that? He gets his first goal, something he's always been shooting for, literally, and yet the Penguins still win the game. Ron Swanson tweets, not the real one, I don't think. I hope Flurry has a shutout Tuesday. I get all of the whys and the hows of his leaving, and I'm not a Murray hater, but I want to hear Flurry, Flurry, Flurry when I listen to 105.9 The X. I hope he stones Sid, Gino, and Phil. What the hell's wrong with you people? What kind of what kind of person are you to root against the Penguins because Marc Andre Fleury's coming to town? Marc Andre Fleury did a lot of good things here, but if Marc Andre Fleury does another good thing at PPG Paints Arena, maybe this team winds up two points out of a playoff spot, and then they don't get an opportunity to repeat for the third time. 
Brittany tweets, I think a flurry shutout in Pittsburgh would pr be pretty darn remarkable, too. What the hell's wrong with these people? That's effed up, man. I understand putting a human being over a sports franchise, but the only reason you know who Mark andre Fleury is is because of said sports franchise. Give me a flipping break. Rob Rossi had a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Mark andre Fleury last week. We'll have him on the show next. You're listening to The Crowley Show. ...season was lousy, but they're playing for something, right? The Golden Knights are... You know, I mean, they. you know, I talked to Mark, and, you know... I think that people don't realize the pressure on Mark right now because there aren't a lot of guys on that Vegas team that have playoff experience. And they've gone from being a nice story to now, you know, they have a chance to win the Western Conference and get to the Stanley Cup final. Like, they're playing for a number one seed. And so, and, and who are they going to look to? I mean, let's face it, in the first round of the playoffs, even if Vegas is the number one seed, Vegas is going to, people are going to say, well, there's not a lot of playoff experience. There's got a lot of guys that haven't done it before. But they have that goalie. You know, right. they have that goalie. And, you know, I know Mark knows that. I know Mark is thinking ahead to, you know, he's going to have to, in his own way, prepare a team to go through a playoff run for the first time. So prepare not only a team, Adam, but he has to prepare a franchise. He has to prepare a community. I mean, he is the star of that franchise. And though he's eminently qualified to handle that role, there are stakes now beyond just honoring our past, beyond just the nostalgia part of this. And I, I feel that's changed this dynamic a lot. It's one of the reasons when I talked to Mark, I mean, he, look, he said a lot of things to me that he said to other people. But I really did dig into that Vegas angle because, to me, that's the here, now, and the present. And that's where the disconnect is, I think, for some of us who have maybe known Mark a little better and, and maybe Mark himself. Correct me if I'm wrong, Rob, and Rob talked to Mark andre Fleury on Friday. You can find it at TribLive.com. It didn't sound like he was going over the top in praising the club as it relates to being a Stanley Cup contender. I think he's trying to keep them very grounded and in okay. the moment. Adam, I think he's trying to keep them... You know, and that's what I mean. He's trying to prepare this team. Don't believe your own hype, right? You know, he's trying to say, let's remember what makes us a, a, a team that's winning a lot of games. It's not just about me. It's not just about you. This isn't going to be like a superstar-level team. I looked at that as the maturation of Marc-Andre Fleury, understanding he has to set a public message, right? He has to set the public discourse. He's coming back to Pittsburgh. Everybody's going to be looking at every word he says. And he has a guy that he's known for a long time asking him about Vegas and can they win. And it's a very comfortable situation. And what does Mark do? Mark uses that as the first real opportunity, as Evgeny Malkin has in the past with me, to say what he thinks he said. Maybe not the politically correct thing, right? Because it would be a very politically correct answer. Yeah, we're playing great. We're a cup contender now. Mark's trying to keep them in a moment. He's trying to keep their attention. I found that fascinating, Adam. Yeah, so did I. Rob Rossi joining me from Trib Live on the Crowley Show. Rob, was Mark treated well here in Pittsburgh by the fans? Because I would imagine that he doesn't only think of Pittsburgh <laughs> glowingly. Yes? Um, there are ups and downs, as he's mentioned. Uh, you know, it's funny, when I talked to him, when I asked him about the media, and he said, uh, I, you know, I jokingly asked him if I said, Is there, how's the media out there in Vegas? Is it better than Pittsburgh? And he goes, are we on the record? 
Um, which I kind of, <laughs> you know, I kind of laughed at. Um, you know, I think the fans, for the most part, treated Mark very well. I think there's a small contingent of people on Twitter or, you know, the scum of the earth. Uh, and I don't mean that everybody's on Twitter that's scum of the earth, but there's this scum of the earth element on Twitter, right? And it's for anything, right? It's for any, you know, engagement we have. They wanted to blame the goalie. And by the way, they'll do that for Matt Murray now. You know, and there's an element of Penguin fans that they always want one guy to pick on, right? And a lot of times that was Mark. Um, I think that the Penguins under Ray Shiro put a lot of their playoff failures at the feet of Marc-Andre Fleury when there were a lot of guys on that team underperforming in the, in the final years of the, of the Shiro-Bausma era. Um, a lot of times those teams didn't play great defense and Mark had to bail them out. And I don't necessarily think all of Pittsburgh backed Flurry the way they needed to in the Flyers debacle. Because See, that, that, that to me is the big, that, that to me, Rob, is the one that stands out above all the else, right. all the other ones, because he was bad, sure, but everyone else was unbelievably terrible in that series. Well, right, and let's face it, they won the games that they won in that series, partly because Mark was great in those games. Yes, in game game I mean, five, Marc-Andre Flooring was outstanding. Yeah, and I will say this. Let me say this about Penguin fans, too. Uh, you know, like I said, I think the the strong majority did treat Marc-Andre Fleury well, and I've never known an athlete, and I mean this, not Crosby, not Malkin, not Lemieux. I've never known an athlete that when he was facing adversity – the people in the building rallied around him. The fans in the building, whether it was the Civic Arena or the PPG Paints Arena, Adam, I can't, I can't tell you the number of times I covered a game when it was like looking grim, and you would, they would, the game would begin with chance of flurry, flurry. So, you know, it's tough to forget those moments too. Um, was he treated well? Yes. Are we having a little bit of revisionist history? Yes. Mark didn't always have it easy here. Um, you know, I think the media and the fans made him a scapegoat too often. I know I was criticized for being, you know, a guy that carried his water too much. But I saw some of the bad defense that was played, and I saw how hard he had to work to keep this team in games at times when they got a little fat and happy and, and started, you know, playing the wrong type of hockey. To that point, it has to be really difficult to be the goaltender of the Pittsburgh Penguins for a lot of reasons, but maybe more than any because of the style of play. The Penguins are trying to score goals. That's their identity. That's been their identity since Mario came into the league. That's who they want to be, and, yeah, that's going to leave you exposed, your goaltender exposed from time to time. Well, which is why it's been the question of did they keep the right guy, right? Because Mark's used to playing that, and Matt hasn't. I mean, look, I think Matt Murray is a – when Matt Murray's on his game, he's a top-five goalie in this league. Um, and I think he tracks the puck and does things in terms of technical goaltending as good as any goalie I've covered. I mean, he's a savant in that regard. And he's, a, he's one of the biggest reasons they've won the last two Stanley Cup titles. But you saw earlier this year what it was like when the Penguins weren't keeping the puck a lot, weren't aggressive with that forecheck, weren't totally committed to playing the way 
by Sullivan once from two, and how hard it was for Matt Mertz. You know, people were saying, oh, you know, he's not, he's not, he's just been okay this year. Well, they said that about Mark Andre Fleury, and it's really hard when you're playing any two game season and you're going to play 50 to 60 games and the, the Penguins are going to take 25 of them off. <laughs> and they're going to at times because yes. you can't keep that level. Um, I think it was hard to be Tom Barrasso. I think it was hard to be Mark Andre Fleury. I think it's going to be hard to be Matt Murray. Um, that said, I think they were in a really fortunate place last year. You know, Adam, we always talk about the Penguins having the two best centers of the world. They also had two of the top ten goalies in the world last year, and that almost never happened. <laughs> Rob Rossi from TribLive.com joining me on the Crowley Show. Speaking of those two all-world centers, what's the relationship like between Marc-Andre Fleury and those two guys? And what was it before he left? What's it like now? Uh, I know that, well, I mean, I don't want to speak for Sidney Crosby. I know that when I have spoken to Sidney and Mark, they've referred to each other as best friends. Um, now, whether that's best friends within the construct of a team, you got to remember, they grew up in this thing together. You know, right. So I like to say, before Crosby was the one to save the Penguins, they tried to do it with Marc-Andre Fleury and gave him no support. Um, they're extraordinarily close. I will speak for Evgeny Malkin. He thinks the world of Marc-Andre Fleury, and I know, speaking with Mark, he thinks the world of Gino too. I mean, they became very close. I mean, I, I think one thing you saw, it was a tough thing for Crosby, Malkin, Latang last year, right? I mean, the last couple years, their, their friend, the guy they've been in battles with, the guys they've won championships with, you know, chase championships with and won a championship with, you know, they got him and then they got this other guy who they also know is good and is a teammate and you're supposed to be leaders of this team. It's, it's a really hard thing. I mean, we talk about how hard it was for Mark and Matt, but I think it was probably harder for that group, the Crosby, Malkin, Latangs of the world. And I think in a lot of ways they wore their hearts on their sleeve. It was not an easy situation. Um, you know, I can just tell you, I know they were thrilled to see him in Vegas and they're thrilled to see him now and, that doesn't say that they don't have great relationships with Matt Murray. They do. Um, you can't work with somebody that closely for that long and not have it transcend the moment a little bit. Tonight's going to be weird, Rob. <laughs> it's just going to be weird. The more we talk about it, the, mere, the more well, I'll be honest with you, Adam. I'm not sure I'm going. I mean, I haven't decided yet. Um, I mean, it, that's how weird it is going to be for me. Like, I'm not sure I want to share this moment with everybody. And that's I mean, understandable. I really don't. And, and for Sidney Crosby and for Genny Malkin, uh, I mean, and to a lesser extent, uh, some of the other Penguins, but for those guys for sure, I mean, it's just got to be weird throwing pucks at the net in a meaningful game against this guy here in the building where they've had so much success. Well, and think about Matt Murray tonight. Like, how weird is this going to be for him? Well, he's, the fir- he's almost a forgotten guy in all this. I mean, Well, and he's the other guy. I mean, how weird will it be? to hear Flurry chanted <laughs> if you're Matt Murray. I mean, you've just lost your father. You're trying to recalibrate your season. You've delivered this city, the Stanley Cup, the last two years. You know, I mean, uh, you know, forget all the other stuff. Just think about how weird this will be tonight. I mean, are we going to see a situation? I mean, here's what would be the ideal situation, right? It goes to a shootout, and both of them force it to go ten rounds, and you just hear dueling chants, right? And like, you know, like Derek Englund wins it or something because you did the guy you don't expect to shoot it, right? Or whoever, you know. Uh, Ryan uh, Reeves. You know, Ole Mata. 
you know, Ryan Reeves, right? Like, but the reality is at some point tonight, the guy that is responsible for those last two banners in net, you know, the Penguins have three two-time winning Stanley Cup goalies, or three multiple-time winning Stanley Cup goalies, and they're facing each other tonight, and one of them is being treated like a returning icon, and the other one is the goalie for the Penguins. <laughs> Rob, like, this is not normal, Adam. Not at all, man. And uh, let me know where you're watching the game. Uh, I'm interested to hear will you're be, where you will be. Uh, Rob, really great insight, man. Great interview with Mark before, and we really appreciate you coming on to share it. I, have, I did mean to tell you he does think you're nuts to have your belly button pierced, but we can discuss that later. We shall discuss. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> See you. That's Rob Rossi from TribLive.com. My belly button hurts. Up next... Mark, Matt Murray, pardon me. See, I already did it. Matt Murray is the forgotten guy, so much so that I almost called him Mark Andre Fleury. It's the Crowley Show. Brian had Tom here at the Terrace on 5th get me a beer, even though I didn't want a beer, because, as you all know, we have a little bet. If I don't drink until March 1st, Brian's got to get his nipple pierced. If I have a sip of alcohol prior to then, well, then I have to get... My nipple pierced, and I just looked this up online. Nipple piercings look awful. Not that you wouldn't have known that, but oh my god. Tom, look at this picture. That is disgusting. This is just humiliating. It is awful. Get a little breaking news for you here. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. The Pirates, they're officially moving, baby. Hell yes. They made a big deal. I almost said trade. It wasn't a trade. They made a big deal. Not really. They signed Daniel Nava to a minor league contract. He is good. 34 years old. He is pretty good, actually, or at least he was last year. He played 80 games, had an OPS of 813. He hit 301, had an on-base percentage of 393. What a freak. He's pretty good. But again, he's what? 34. <laughs> And this is not going to suddenly push the Pirates in a World Series contention. Uh, this guy's going to try to make the club out of spring training. So he doesn't even, we're not even sure he's definitely made the club. He's going to try to make the club out of spring training, and we'll see what happens from there. There are rumors that he's going to be a platoon player. Yeah, that'll get that blood pumping, baby. That'll get you all hot and bothered. Platoon player. <laughs> Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Check out the podcast of the Rob Rossi interview. In fact, we'll play it back for you at six twenty today. Really good stuff from Rob and fabulous insight on Mark Andre Fleury and his relationship with current Penguins, his relationship with the fan base, what's going on there in Vegas. We've got Vince Commonal of the Point of Pittsburgh joining me from five o'clock until six here at Buford's Kitchen, the Terrace on Fifth. Matt Murray. It's going to have one hell of a weird night. Not as weird as the guy who walks in wearing a Bo Bennett jersey, but he's going to have himself a weird night. Marc-Andre Fleury is going to get a rousing standing ovation when they show the video. He's going to get a rousing standing ovation when he's introduced. He's going to get a rousing standing ovation when he does his little twirl in the corner like a ballerina. He's going to get a standing ovation the first time he makes a routine save. He's going to get a standing ovation the first time he makes a 10-bell save. Meanwhile, you got Matt Murray, who is more responsible, I would argue, for the Penguins winning the last two Stanley Cups. The Penguins goaltender, 
not getting the love. Now, I understand why Marc-Andre Fleury's going to be getting all the love, but Matt Murray's kind of getting ignored tonight. And that's weird to me. It's got to be weird to Matt, and I didn't even touch on the fact that he just lost his father, which also makes this probably sting for him a little bit more. Or maybe he likes the fact that Marc-Andre's around, because Marc-Andre's been a role model to him, somebody who uh, guided him early on in his career. But for Matt Murray... What are you thinking? What are you going to do if you're a Penguins fan tonight at PPG Paints Arena? 412-922-2874. I know you're going to cheer Flurry, and you should. But what are you going to do for Matt Murray? Is Flurry going to get far and away the bigger applause? 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Malcolm Butler just released a statement. Weird stuff going on there in New England. Mike Tomlin gets criticized for not reprimanding his players. Mike Tomlin then, when he does reprimand his players, gets criticized for not reprimanding them the right way. Bill Belichick, let's just go to show you, this just goes to show you, pardon me, that he didn't always have all the answers either. But here's what Malcolm Butler had to say. I haven't heard this yet. I just pulled it up. That's what she said. Quote, I want to thank Mr. Kraft, the Kraft family, blah, 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 for giving me the nice. opportunity, blah, 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 whatever. I also want to thank my teammates, as we have won a lot of blah, blah, blah. Shut up. In each of my four years, we have achieved conference. Okay, well, shut up. <laughs> Finally, I want to apologize to any for offended who were offended by the language. None of this is good. Why am I reading this? Be real, real, sir. This is why you don't do that on the air. This is why you look at it first, and then you I go to sleep it. sleep on it. Because, frankly, all he did there was say, oh, my time in New England was great. I'm out. What do you mean, what do you mean you're out? Be real, son. What'd you do? Why'd you get sat down? Why didn't you play? And I think Bill Belichick owes it to his fans and to the fans of the New England Patriots to tell them what happened. You can't not play a guy who played 97.8% of the snaps all season long, was one of your best four defenders, and then sit him down in the Super Bowl and then not tell people why he didn't play? Here's the thing. Tomlin cut Blunt, he cut Harrison, and when Blunt won the Super Bowl, Steelers fans were all up in arms. And when Harrison wound up going to New England, Steelers fans were all up in arms because they said, oh my God, he's going to be the next Garrett Blunt. Oh my God, this guy's going to win a Super Bowl. But here's the thing. Bill Belichick's done similar things with a couple of guys he didn't deem to be Patriots or to do things the quote-unquote Patriot way. Bill cut Chandler Jones. Bill traded away Jamie Collins because they weren't Belichick guys. They weren't Patriot guys. It's the same Bing. thing Mike Tomlin did with LeGarrette Blunt. It's the same thing Mike Tomlin did with James Harrison. They've been similar in that regard, in cutting guys that they don't think fit. Yet Tomlin gets killed for it, and Bill has not gotten killed for it until just now. It's because of the result. Not because of the process. Because Bills won in spite of doing some of these nonsense things, and the Steelers haven't won when they've cut guys like LeGarrette Blunt and James Harrison. But finally, the result gets Bill Belichick in a little bit of hot water. Malcolm Butler got sat during the Super Bowl, and if rumor is to be believed, then it was disciplinary. 
Mike Tomlin gets ripped for not being enough of a disciplinarian, even though Tomlin has suspended guys like Mendenhall, Martavis, and Santonio Holmes, and he even sat Eli Rogers this year because he wasn't playing well early in the season. When Tomlin cut Harrison as punishment, you freak out. When Belichick sits Malcolm Butler, well, what do you say now, Steelers Nation? 412-922-2874. As I mentioned, Vince Commendal from the Point of Pittsburgh will be joining us at 5 o'clock. So we'll talk a lot about Marc-Andre Fleury and Matt Murray and how weird tonight's going to be at PBG Paints Arena. But I saw this today pop up. Super Bowl ratings are down 7% from last year, and oh my God, everybody and their mother is trying to claim the reason why. Well, it's because players kneeled for the national anthem. It's because Colin Kaepernick's not playing. It's because of this. It's because of that. It's because of this. It's because of that. Hey, people, guess what? It was the 10th most watched TV program in United States history. So, yeah, maybe it was down 7% from last year, but it was still one of the ten most watched things that we've ever seen on television in this country. The NFL ain't dead. That event ain't dead. Give it a rest. 412-922-2874. Vince Commonal, the point of Pittsburgh, gives his thoughts on what is going to be a bizarre night at PBG Paints Arena. It's the Crowley Show. <laughs> 